Some of you have heard me talk about strategic positioning before. Strategic positioning, as I was exposed to it, came out of uh, an alternative instead of strategic planning. Now, strategic planning is something that I'm certain that many of you have done before in your places of work or if you've served on the board of a nonprofit. It's where an organization looks several years into the future and sets goals of where they want to be and then creates strategic steps to attain those goals. It's a great process. But strategic planning has changed because our world is moving quicker and quicker into the future. Decades ago, it was usual, it was typical that you could uh, do long-range strategic planning for 10 years ahead, but today we have no idea what our world's going to look like 10 years from now, so strategic planning has had to back up to five years or even sometimes three years. And recently, a board that I was serving on said that instead of creating another strategic plan in our rapidly changing world, we wanted to do an exercise in strategic positioning. Now, strategic positioning means that uh, you don't develop a plan, but you get really clear about your values as an organization, uh, really clear about what makes you unique as an organization. And therefore, when an uncertain and rapidly changing future comes at you, you are positioned to make decisions about how to navigate that future based on the uniqueness that you know makes you you. I think that strategic positioning is a better way for us to think about how we start 2021 rather than the idea of planning. Positioning rather than planning. I am excited about the months ahead. I believe that this is going to be a re-emerging for us as individuals, as families, as a church, as a society from a pandemic that changed so much of 2020. But that reemergence, as exciting as it's going to be, and as optimistic as I feel about the days ahead, is not going to be a straightforward and easy path getting there. It's going to be a winding path. Sometimes it's going to be a tricky path to navigate. Sometimes it's going to be a difficult path to navigate. And I wonder if the right way for us to approach it is about how we position ourselves rather than plan. For example, uh, my family, one of the things that we would typically do by now in January is have a plan for our spring break in March. Spring break's an important time for us to get away and have an alternative rhythm as a family. And while we're thinking about different things, right now we're not in a position to go, on this date we will get on a plane and fly to this destination because we know it's going to be okay. So we're going to kind of see where we go and then respond, be ready to move and make a decision as circumstances allow, positioning rather than planning. In fact, when you think about that, that maybe we need to look at 2021 as a year of positioning ourselves to respond and be ready to move rather than just planning, you think about the fact that as people of faith, that's probably the right way to position ourselves every year, to position ourselves rather than to plan. I mean, in the text that was read this morning, uh, Abram doesn't have a strategic plan that he says, you know, hey, Sarai, in, in our mid-70s, we had this plan. We're going to move out into the wilderness, and now's the time to start having kids. And then we're going to be uh, the father and mother of many generations, and generations around the world are going to call us blessed. This was the idea. This is the plan. Let's move. Craig Barnes, the president of Princeton Seminary, writes, as we've said before, that for people of faith, life is meant to be received rather than achieved. Life is meant to be received rather than achieved. This is the language of positioning, not planning. This is what we see with Abram, and he responds to the call 
as it comes to him, he receives it. And the world changes because of the life he then lives. This is what we're trying to do here at Covenant. Not just now, but all the time. If you think about our vision statement, you hear it every week. Encouraging one another to follow Jesus wherever we live, work, and play. Encouraging one another to follow Jesus wherever we live, work, and play. This is much more about positioning than planning. It's saying that the unique things that we want to be about at Covenant is an encouraging community. That we're going to make decisions about how we navigate the future based on how we continue to encourage. Not, Not build ourselves on guilt. Not build ourselves on tons and tons of religious rules and doctrine to give us a sense of identity. But an encouraging kind of community that lives its faith out in the world. Whether we live, work, and play. That we're not just here to check the box of worshiping and check the box of attending Bible study because that's the religious duty that we're supposed to do. But we want to live holistic lives, lives that have purpose, lives that make a difference. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, led by God. There's no sense at Covenant that when we say, that uh, live out your faith where you live, work, and play, you've never heard anyone say, here's the four steps of being a Christian at work. Here's the three steps of being a Christian in your school. Because this isn't a physics equation. Because the life of faith is meant to be received rather than achieved. We don't tell God how it's going to work. We move into situations where we're called, and every one of us is called. Wherever we live, work, and play, there's a calling, a purpose on our life, just like with Abram, just like with Sarai, just like with Lot. Same for you. And we move into that call as we respond to it. We position ourselves, not plan. We receive life, not achieve it. The way we do that at Covenant is a very active process. If you've been here before, uh, you've heard this. But it's important that we ground ourselves at the beginning of this year and remind ourselves of how it is that we operate. We don't uh, encourage one another to follow Jesus wherever we live, work, and play by writing a position paper on how we do it. The way that we position ourselves to live that vision and call out is through the development of habits, behaviors, biblical habits and disciplines that we need to have in our lives. Three of them that we've talked about before. The first is solitude. The second is community. The third is service. These are biblical patterns we see in the Old Testament and the New Testament. We see here in this passage so that you and I can hear the call of God when it comes and be ready and positioned to step forward and to respond, to live a life of purpose. So as we enter into 2021, we are going to be talking in this series about how we build these habits, not these plans for the year, but these habits so that we're ready to move when God says move. Today, in the time we have left, we're going to talk about this first habit, the habit of solitude. And the first thing I want to do is I want to define solitude for a second. Because when most of us hear solitude, we kind of run to what I would say is kind of the negative aspect of solitude. And by negative, I don't mean uh, bad. I mean, we think about solitude by what it's not. It's not being with people. If we're going to practice solitude, it means we can't be with people. And that, for some of us, especially some of us who are extroverted, might be really challenging to imagine when we've just gone through a year where the terms social distancing and isolation have become normal for us. 
But biblically, and here at Covenant, I don't want us to think about the habit uh, in a negative way or in terms of a what it's not. Because as we've seen many of us this year, that you can spend lots of time by yourself and yet not be productive in a spiritual way. You can spend a day not being around other people, but if you use it binging out on a combination of Netflix, YouTube, cat videos, and, and, and Instagram, then you are not going to end that day filled up with the presence of God. Solitude is not about what it's not. We want to define it here by what it is. And the practice of solitude is an invitation, as Richard Foster writes, to practice the presence of God. To be able in the busyness and the craziness and the pressures of life to focus in on the presence of God who says that we are God's beloved child. To find our identity wrapped up in that. And to be at peace. How do you learn and I learn to build 2021 around the habit of practicing the presence of God? This week, I heard a, a, a fascinating example of this. It actually took place in the aftermath of what we saw take place in our nation's capital on Wednesday. As a heinous and unjustifiably evil act, a mob seeking to take over our nation's capital as elected officials perform their constitutional duties around the election of a president. I was, like all of you, stunned to see and to watch those images. I still feel stunned and shaken today by what we saw. In the yelling and in the violence and in the hatred, in tear gas, in bullets, and death. We saw evil on display unjustifiably. Like you, I watched and listened as members of the House of Representatives and Senate afterwards talked about what the experience was like to be in there. Talked about what it was like to get alerts on your phone that there may be a lockdown at the Capitol as you're in the middle of this critically important time and debate. Uh, what it was like to start hearing the shouts in the hallway. What it was like to see the, the uh, security barricade doors and draw guns. What it was like to have the discussion interrupted and to be told to get down on the floor and to pull out uh, tear gas masks. What it was like to try to figure out in the chaos of that moment uh, how to make those gas uh, masks work and, and talking about the sounds uh, outside the room and inside the room and the fear that people felt. But as I listened to these stories, a certain thread started to emerge. It first happened in a, an interview I saw with a Democratic senator, uh, a congressman from New Jersey. It was then picked up later on by a Rep Republican congresswoman from Missouri. And they talked about in that moment as they crouched on the floor with a mob outside and guns drawn in the, the house chamber that a voice came over the whirring sounds of the gas masks. And the voice was the voice of Margaret Kibben. Margaret Kibben is the brand new chaplain 
Her job started on January 1st. This took place on January 6th. She was five days into the job of being the chaplain in the House of Representatives in this unprecedented time in this election and then having this mob invading and being outside the doors. And Margaret Kibben went to the microphone and prayed aloud the words of Psalm 46. It begins like this. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Therefore, I shall not fear. In the midst of the chaos, this Democrat from New Jersey, this Republican from Missouri, talked about that prayer and those words and a sense of calm that began to settle upon them as they were in that chamber, not just because of the protection and the security, not just because of the barricades at the door, but because they individually became aware, not of Margaret Kibben, but of the presence of God who was with them. Of the, the, they practiced the presence of God and found a peace that passes understanding. This is what I want us to be as a people to develop this habit of practicing the presence of God. And, and, and as we've talked about before, there's no formula for this. You've got to find your own way of interacting and being in the presence of God. Some of you are like me and you need to be active and move. And so I go on prayer walks and I'm seeking to commit myself to the habit of praying and walking my neighborhood to experience God's presence and love. Some of you are like my wife. She just bought a brand new devotion from Eugene Peterson to work through every morning so that she can dedicate herself to this habit of experiencing the presence of God. Some of us can do this through scripture as we heard about in the House of Representatives. But whatever it is, we need to commit ourselves to the daily discipline of solitude, of practicing the presence of God and experiencing his love in our life. Hearing his voice and like Abram, being ready to move. If you're unsure of what to do, I draw you back to the links underneath this video, under the daily devotions. There you can have an email every day sent to you with simple scripture readings and an invitation to prayer. You don't have to be a member of Covenant. We're not gonna ask you to pay for this. You can just get this in your inbox every single day and practice the presence of God through the steps outlined there of allowing scripture to take us into God's presence. May we build this and other biblical habits, not planning this year, but position ourselves to receive the call of God as we re-emerge in the months to come. I look forward to taking this journey with you. Amen.